Hi there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a business podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, and I'm a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business. I've been in the event industry and am wildly passionate about education for small businesses and teaching others through the mistakes we've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. All right. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining in today and listening to a conversation between myself and Karen Gordon of Good Shuffle Pro. You know that we own a rental company here in Dallas-Fort Worth, and Karen um, is the VP of sales over at Good Shuffle, and we actually use their software for our rental processes, and it's just been a joy to be with them and their team. They have a massive team who is full of bunk and fun and so so much knowledge, and so I'm excited to bring her on the podcast today. You might have heard us in the past and in the future talking about Good Shuffle Pro and why we love them so much, and so you get to hear from Karen herself. So Karen, welcome in, and uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and why you might be passionate about softwares and technology and and all of that world. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you so much for having me, Cami. I appreciate it. And yeah, as Cami mentioned, I'm the VP of Growth over at Good Shuffle. We are bringing modern, easy to use, very smart and powerful technology to the events industry. Um, And I myself have a background that is a bit of a mix in both events and technology. So I started my career in technology sales and like to joke that when I left that job, I swore I would never work in sales again and I would never work for a tech company again, which both are true that I said that. Um, Obviously, that didn't work out as planned, (laughs) but I really did want to kind of venture into the events world. uh, And I did that. I worked in events for several years um, as an event planner and then an event event creator. And then it kind of took on a sales role in that, uh, where I was closing contracts with talent for a venue I was working at. And from there, I I think that that was kind of a little bit of the beginning of me seeing how technology and events could kind of go hand in hand. Um, You know, it was a little bit before some of the boom of events because it was a little bit before Instagram had really taken off and you really saw a lot more brands being interested in events and things like that. And so, you know, years later, I continued to work in and out of sort of events and tech um, and worked for several different startup companies here in the DC area. And when I met the co-founders of Good Shuffle, Andrew and Eric, Uh, And they were talking about some of the problems they were seeing that they wanted to solve in terms of some of the manual processes a lot of small business owners were encountering in the events world. I was totally on board. I really, really got the value prop right away. And I really loved the idea of blending these two worlds I'd lived in. You know, the technology world had this capability to solve things and make things a lot more streamlined and easy. And knowing that I kind of sit between myself as a little bit of a mix of a creative person and a business person, the fact that this was allowing these creative business owners to streamline all of the manual stuff that they were doing, all of the paperwork, all of the inventory counts, all of that in one tool, it just it just seemed like such a wonderful way to help this industry and help people grow their businesses. I love that. And I love that you mentioned that you have been in the event industry before you got into the tech side, you know it from so many different angles versus just jumping in as a tech person. I know that some of us as creatives, we don't think in the tech you know, realm of our brain. 
And so it's nice to know that when we are talking to your team, that you guys do have experience outside of just the tech world. So I think that's so incredible and so good to know about some of the past before you got into what you're doing today, because you do understand it from other perspective. And it's not just a um, one track mind on technology. So that's incredible. Yeah, I think one thing that's really unique about our team is we like to say, you know, we have a really great blended team in terms of people who have backgrounds in tech and people who have backgrounds in events. I think it's important to have both, you know, on the flip side, I think there have been people in the past who, you know, try and build a tool based off of just their experience in running an event company. And then they tend to build a tool that only fits what their processes were. And not everyone has the same processes. So, you know, we have people who have experiences in events and can fully relate to how that goes. But we also have technology experts who are passionate about, you know, not just creating one tool, not just creating one process, you know, interviewing tons and tons of, of people before deciding exactly how to build a feature so that, you know, everyone can use it. And it's not forcing people into just, you know, one person's idea about something. Right. I know that as a rental company and having started in 2012, not having really any other technology available at the time, there was nothing out there. And so I remember the years and years of doing just spreadsheets and just figuring it out and probably double booking things that I decide to take out of my brain at this moment. But I remember the years that we just tried to figure it out. And then we ended up using a software like 17 Hats or Dubsado or something like that. And those systems are just not built for inventory and for renting things over and over and over again. And so we had um, jumped in with another software, a couple different softwares actually before we jumped in with you. And the thing that stood apart for us using Good Shuffle Pro is one, the massive team and the dedication to making tangible updates often and really listening to their users and really listening to hear, hey, this is a struggle that we have and this is something that we're looking for in a software and you guys notate it and it turns out that you guys turn it around really quickly. And I think that's incredible that I feel heard and I feel listened to when I'm with you guys. But what do you see, what is the biggest maybe complaint or struggle or hurdle that you see other rental companies dealing with? And what is your opinion on that? What do you think on some of those you know, difficulties or struggles that people are are dealing with on a daily basis? Um, you know, that's a great question. I think a lot of business owners, and I can totally relate to this, uh, you know, as a almost owner of the, you know, senior team here at Good Shuffle, I can say we all know that struggle, which is never having enough time, <laughs> right? I, uh, you know, everyone says, well, I just don't know, like, it's like whack-a-mole. What do I do first? You know, if you are a business owner, even no matter what size, if you're a one-person team, 12 person team, you know, 50 person team. Most event companies are on this small side in terms of their core staff. And so there's just people who are trying to say, you know, I'm getting fed all this information about how I'm supposed to keep up with my marketing and how I'm supposed to keep up with my social media and my blog. And I'm supposed to be keeping up with my sales and training my sales team. And I'm supposed to be keeping up with my accounting. And it's, you know, all the things that are really important, but Typically, there are a lot of the things that clients 
or that, you know, our clients, you know, these business owners, that's not why they got into being an event business owner, right? It's usually a passion for events. It's usually maybe a passion for interior design that got them into the aesthetics of an event or a million other things that got them into it. It's never, gosh, I just couldn't wait to be an accounting expert or <laughs> I couldn't wait to do all the contracts, you know, that stuff is never really what appeals to them. And then you end up as a business owner having to wear all these many hats. And I can totally relate to that. And I know that feeling of whack-a-mole. I know that feeling that, you know, our team has, deals with ourselves of, you know, there's so much to tackle in a day to make our business the best. Um, but I think prioritization is key. And I think finding the ways that you can get help, whether that is through technology, obviously, I believe is a huge part of that, or also finding help from the right people. You know, I think a lot of times I see people who are hiring, you know, maybe a little bit less of someone who they think has the skills and they're frustrated all the time with that employee. And to me, it's kind of throwing away money. You know, what if you paid a little bit more, but got a, a much more qualified person, for example? So I think there's different things that people can do. And I think it really comes down to trying to think through where are your pain points, um, what are the fastest and, and smartest ways to solve those, and making sure that you're doubling down on what you're good at. If you're really good with your customers, finding ways to have, create more time to do, be with the customers. If you're really good at designing the event, but you're spending all your time on accounting, you know, maybe you hire an accountant or get a better accounting tool. You know, I think people try to do it all. And I think there's ways to move things off your plate or delegate things so that you can really dedicate time to what you are best at. Right. That totally makes sense. I know that as a solopreneur, when I started, I wore all the hats and it was so hard. And I know that there's a lot of rental companies that are still in that place or in that boat. And whether it is just being a solopreneur, or maybe you have a partner that does uh, this rental company with you, you know, it's hard. It's tough before you start hiring and systems and processes and softwares and, and how you do your business on the back end of sides. Gosh, it's almost like a whole nother employee that you have and you might not be having to pay as much for them as you would an actual person. And so I think that's incredible that one, you guys have found a solution to some of the, the problems that we have had to face. And you've thought of them from a wider net um, instead of just thinking through the lens of a technology company or through the lens of just rentals. You guys service so many different companies outside of just boutique or small rental companies, right? Yep, we do. We we pretty exclusively work with event companies, but we work with, uh, you know, there's so many subsets within that. Like you said, there's boutique, there are uh, custom decor companies who would custom build for every event, fabrication companies. There are casino party rental companies, which is its own kind of niche as well. There are, you know, amusements and entertainment companies. There are DJ companies who still have equipment they need to track uh, for their gigs. So we work with a very wide breadth of companies. And that's why you have to make sure, you know, I love that you say you feel like heard and that, you know, listened to, because that's so important to us to listen to our companies. We have so many different types and we have to make sure that we are creating something that is useful for everyone, um, but adaptable to their different needs. Right. I know that you guys do floral people as well and you're in that realm. And so I think it's important to know that you can do multiple different services within your platform too. Like, for example, we do rentals, but we also do floral, and we can do both within the same quote. 
which is incredible. Oh my gosh, I don't have to use two different systems to do two wildly different type of products or uh, ways of doing business, which is great. When I was down visiting and I visited you in Texas, I actually was visiting another company in another uh, city and they do florals as well. And they were using a different tool, even though they had our tool for all their events, they were using a different tool for florals because they said, oh, you know, it just hadn't crossed our minds, you know, <laughs> to do it in your system, which as you know, is ex- it's pretty intuitive. It's extremely easy to do. Um, but for whatever reason, there was a little bit of a mental block and an assumption that, you know, one tool is only going to kind of work for one part of our business. We have this complex business. Uh, I hear it all the time. Our business is so unique. You know, you don't understand. Our business is so unique. It's kind of a running joke in the office. Isn't everybody? Like, yep. <laughs> Everyone's so special and unique. But no, I mean, we there's lots of people who do more than one thing in their business. So, I mean, one of the things I've been feeling like a theme is that people just need to ask, you know, maximize what you have, you know, ask uh, when any software tool you're using say, Hey, do you got, you know, I have this other part of my business. Do you guys do stuff with that? Because the last thing you want is to be already having a tool and not maximizing it for everything it can do. Right. Exactly. I mean, you might as well. Otherwise you're paying two different softwares or two different systems Right. that essentially you're kind of doing the same thing. <laughs> so, right. I mean, it's like, that's how, you know, especially when you're a small company, um, you know, we were really careful as we've grown our team to hire people who could wear multiple hats because you kind of want to just like a software tool with people, you want to maximize your value of like, Hey, if someone comes in and interviews for a job in customer service, but they happen to also have a design background and, you know, we think we can utilize that for a couple of design things. Great. You know, you want to try and see what you can do to be creative when you're, in, a, in a, a smaller business, you want to try and find ways to create value wherever you have that opportunity. Right. I know that you are super passionate about technology and helping. So what Enneagram number are you? Do you know? I don't know, actually. So if I were to guess, I feel like you would be a Enneagram number two, which is a helper. You are always looking for ways to help and in, in whether it be with your customers who are actually using your software or whether it be through NACE or through something else, I feel like you're always so helpful in that. And so why don't we switch gears and just talk a little bit about technology as a whole and maybe some best practices to look at technology. I know that most of our listeners are creatives at heart. That's why we got into this business. And so the tech world can seem a little scary to us and seem a little, there's so much mumbo jumbo and acronyms and all these terms that we are furiously Googling to figure out what it actually means and what it actually is. And so why don't we switch gears and talk a little bit about technology and maybe how to find the best technology. I know that we talked about this a little bit in uh, the course, the Rental Biz Academy, Um, but let's talk about it a little bit further. What um, can you share with us on maybe some preconceived notions or ideas around technology and and how it actually is for us and not against us. Hey there, I wanna tell you a little more about Good Shuffle Pro. This is our inventory tracking system and it has a user-friendly interface, helpful team, and robust tracking. Their software is an all online platform for you to use on the go or from your computer. Our clients love it because they can quickly sign contracts and make payments conveniently. You can host your inventory on your website and easily integrate your sales with QuickBooks too. With our code, you can try GoodShuffle Pro for 30 days 
for free, and their team will guide you through the entire process. Go to pro.goodshuffle.com backslash B-E-R. All right, now back to the episode. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for saying I'm helpful. That is such a great compliment. And I'm totally going to go and do an Enneagram test after this so that I can figure out what which one I actually <laughs> am. I think I did in the past and now I don't recall. But I think one of the reasons I am so passionate about it is that if you had asked me, I mean, again, I truly quit my job when I was 22 and said, or maybe 23 and said, you know, I'm never going to work in technology again. And I didn't think of myself as a techie person at all. I was very frustrated in this role because I couldn't understand the technology that I was selling. And, you know, I wasn't really given the tools and this was a smaller business at the time uh, to succeed in that role. But all that to say, I know, you know, I don't feel like I was someone who felt inherently techie, you know, that just didn't, that wasn't how, you know, I was a sociology major in school. Uh, (laughs) This wasn't necessarily the path that I saw. And so I come, you know, came into the tech world as somebody who had a lot of those kind of fears and concerns that, oh, am I not going to understand this tool or am I not going to understand the software because I don't have that background. But, you know, learning to kind of get past that and push through that and learning that, you know, anyone can learn technology. And sometimes it's just a matter of explaining something a little bit differently to someone, depending on how they think about it. That's what gets me so excited is, is, is having had that journey myself. I feel fully confident that others can, you know, find a way that technology can work for them. I always use this example. My 99-year-old grandmother emails me from her iPad. Uh, she sent me a selfie the other day. It was Easter. And she, uh, even though we are all on quarantine right now, she went to her closet and got all dressed up in a bright purple suit and took a selfie and sent it to me to say happy Easter, even though she wasn't going anywhere because she's adorable. That but, is the sweetest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yes. But like, you know, when I tell people this, they go, your grandma knows how to use an iPad. Oh my gosh, my grandma could never. And I say, oh, if you asked her how to turn on a laptop, she couldn't even show you where the power button was. What's great about things like iPads is that they are made, I mean, this is what Apple really, you know, led the charge on is intuitive technology, that they're making technology that is so intuitive now that a 99-year-old can look at it, see a button that has a picture of an envelope, click it, knowing that probably means where you mail, see where you're supposed to click to and start typing my name and it'll autocomplete for her. You know, by making technology so easy, it's approachable now for everyone. And if you're using a tool that requires some training manual or something like that, it's probably you should throw it out and get a new (laughs) tool because that is probably an ancient software. One thing I encounter a lot with some of the older generation is that notion that, you know, when they were learning technology the first time around for whatever their first jobs were, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, it did require a bunch of training sessions and they had to learn all this stuff. So they have this memory of it being this horrible slog to learn something new. And it's that that is really annoying, but that's not how it is nowadays. You know, most tools are being built with design in mind to be, you know, not just aesthetically pleasing, but to make it intuitive. Um, one term you asked a little bit about terms that people may have heard before but not fully understand is UI UX. So that means UI means user interface. UX means user experience. So they're different things, but they often go hand in hand. And there's a big push right now for you know UX, UI designers. The idea being that most technology now is understanding the importance of design being very 
clean, being very clear, because that is one of the things that leads to the UX, the user experience being very simple to follow. I know we all probably have some tool. For me, it was the other day I was trying to set up in my doctor's office patient portal. Uh, I was trying to log in to send you know, my doctor in an email. And whatever portal they're using is from you know, who knows what year. And it was such a frustrating experience because it's just a poorly designed program. And I'm sure everyone listening to this is going to suddenly have that example, right? We all have something like that we use where you're like, why is this so frustrating? And the answer is probably that it was poorly designed or that it's not very smart technology. So the issue really shouldn't be, you know, obviously there's sometimes there's a learning curve on learning new things, but it should come naturally uh, to know at least roughly what to do. You know, my grandma with her iPad, sometimes she just shakes it until, you know, (laughs) she thinks it magically solves whatever when she can't figure certain things out. But she can at least do the basics, right? Because it overall is well designed. Don't we all wish that would happen though? Like you just wish something into existence. I I mean, I don't know if, I mean, I'm guessing since I think we're right around the same age that it always makes me think of, uh, with Super Nintendo, did you ever used to blow on, blow on the game yes. and hope that it would make it fix? I mean, that was just <laughs> the biggest myth. There's no way that actually did anything. Oh my gosh, not at all. Yeah, so I, I mean, if you're looking at a tool, it should be pretty easy to use. And, you know, one of the reasons we at Good Shuffle offer unlimited training and support for free is we really find that is a way that we back up the fact that, you know, this is an easy tool. You know, I think it's kind of crazy to look at the amount people charge, you know, for a quick phone call or a quick answer to a question. It's like, here's our really complicated tool. And then we're going to get more money out of you because you're definitely going to be confused and need our help with it. Like, wait a minute, I see a little bit of a scam here. Uh, You know, I understand, you know, charging for premium support and and things like that. You know, obviously we have to pay our customer service and things. uh, um, You know, I think we're a little unique in the amount that we give and how fast we give it. But I think in general, just, you know, you see some of these tools where they purposely make it hard and then you, they charge you to like fly out a representative to teach you it. And it's like, that is, that is a really old school model. You know, the idea should be that you should be able to log in and be up and running pretty quickly. And I think you can attest to that, you know, when you're on the right tool that things are mostly intuitive. There may be something where you go, Hey, I forget, where do I click for this? But if you are logging in and feeling overwhelmed, like that's not a great feeling. And that's kind of a bad sign right off the bat. Totally. I have my mother-in-law is a, um, kind of technology consultant. I'm sure I'm messing that up, but she works, I think, for Avanade or something. And so she'll spend, gosh, months and months, sometimes a year on the field with a company. And we're talking about much larger companies, but she'll work out there for almost a year trying to teach them and onboard them into this new technology and all of that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's year 2020. Do we really, not that I want you to be out of a job, but shouldn't technology be working for us and not having to hire this whole massive team to come out and teach how to use it? Like, can we be like more like Apple, like you're talking about and make it more simple, make it simplified or have video consulting? Because I mean, she's gone for half the year and she's out of town Monday through Friday. 
in, in town for 48 hours. And so, you know. Well, I think part of it does come down to learning styles too. I mean, I totally understand some people and I'm one of these people myself. I like sometimes when someone just tells me how to do it. I'm not a read the manual type person. I'm, you know, typically I'm going to click around and figure it out. But if not that, then sometimes I like someone telling me. And so one of the things, you know, we started offering is different ways to get training. So we offer unlimited one-to-one training, but we were actually finding a lot of people didn't like that because they weren't really sure what to ask. I mean, again, they were like, yeah, I kind of get the intuitive stuff. I just want to see what else they're, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm missing anything, what else can I, you know, get maximize the value? So we started offering group trainings a couple months ago, and those have been massively popular. And, you know, we still do one-on-one trainings as well and other things like that. But we've heard from a lot of people that they kind of like the group atmosphere because they like hearing other people ask questions because they're like, you know what? I don't even really know what I'm supposed to be asking. And someone else will say like, oh, how does this end up reporting for my taxes at the end of the year? I'm like, oh, good question. I didn't think to ask that. Um, And so sometimes it's a learning style. You know, you might be someone who, you know, we offer these trainings and some people will say, you know what, I'm never going to really be a training person. I know you guys have a stack of videos. I like watching those on my own time at four in the morning or whatever. So some people are just different learning styles, I think. And so, you know, knowing kind of what your style is and then making sure the technology company you're working with offers, you know, a solution that would fit that. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I'm similar. I just want to know how to do it. (laughs) And um, I don't necessarily love doing a whole bunch of research even though I probably could, and YouTube could probably teach me a whole lot of things to do. I just want to know how to do it. So I want someone to just tell me the quick answer. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes total sense. Well, I just think, you know, sometimes it's, it's a nice feeling of having someone do something with you. You know, I think, again, a lot of people are more savvy than they give themselves credit for. But, you know, they're a little bit shy to ask a question or things like that. So working with someone who's kind of walking you through something can just sort of give you the confidence boost more than anything. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I thought, but I'm glad to know I'm doing it right. What are some other maybe preconceived ideas or things that maybe us as rental companies or small businesses might not know the actual truth behind it? Like maybe SEO or integration or APIs or or things like that that I know I now know the terms because of you, but there's a whole lot of misconception around it in so many companies that are, are saying that, hey, all of this comes with your software, and you're like, but does it? Well, as you know, my biggest pet peeve one is SEO. So search engine optimization, for those who don't know, is you know this kind of massive formula to get your web page to show up earlier in the results when someone's searching. Obviously, you know, everyone's goal would be to be one of those top results when someone's searching for, you know, Event Rentals Dallas. That's a huge goal for everyone. So that, you know, that concept has been around for a while. But I think one of the things that frustrates me is when I see technology companies promising, you know, out of the box SEO. SEO includes a lot of complexities, everything from regular blogging, using the right keywords, ensuring that your web page has those keywords on every landing page. You know, there's just a lot of different things that go into it. Now, you can easily get a plugin or something that populates some keywords on each page, so that will help you, but that doesn't solve your SEO. That doesn't put you just as number one. Um, and so I always equate it to if someone's trying to sell you a diet pill uh, or some magic diet, you know, uh, sure, it might help if you're, you know, eating at, you know, 
whatever whatever the trend is now, uh, it might help that you're cutting out this, that, and the next thing. But as we all know, usually weight loss comes down to a, a multitude of things, exercise, healthy eating, sleeping rate, all those things, uh, all those annoying things the doctors tell us to do. Uh, and similarly, SEO, there may be one thing that you can put in as a plugin that might help with your SEO or help give you alerts that you need to do certain things. But it is highly unlikely that you have some tool or some agency that is 100% getting you, you know, your SEO. Typically, it involves a lot of different factors from your content marketing to your website design and a bunch of other things. So I just get so frustrated with that because I think that sometimes people take advantage of the fact that um, there's so much kind of mystery around SEO and that a lot of people are confused by it. And I, I feel like it's a little bit people taking advantage of that and going, oh, they're not going to know. I'm just going to tell them that I've solved you know, quote unquote SEO for them. Yeah. I know that our company um, have used, I think, three or four different SEO companies at this point, And we've wasted so much money because we didn't oh. know better and we didn't know what SEO was. And now we have vowed as a company to never hire for a service that we don't already know how to do. And we're hiring out of just needing it to be taken off of our plates instead of saying, well, I don't know how to do this, so I'm going to go hire someone to do it. Because at that point, if you don't know how to do it in the first place, how do you know that they're actually doing it the right way? When we started with SEO in 2016, no, 2015, we um, hired our web designer who happened to also do SEO at the time. And I think I remember, gosh, six months in, we were getting some results, which were great, but then I all of a sudden saw a blog post about wedding dresses on my event rental uh, page, and it was all about how to pick the right bridal dress store, and we were like, that doesn't have anything to do with rental companies. They're like, oh, it's it's helping SEO. It's helping SEO. I'm like, but is it though? And ran a report, and we had so many, I think we had like, gosh, 800 failed links on our page or something like that or broken links and we're like that seems not correct and then we had bought out another rental company in 2016 and they were using someone to do SEO and so we said well you obviously know how to do SEO for rental companies it's a successful rental company we were buying them out because they didn't want to be in rentals anymore they had two little girls who they just wanted to stay home with which was great and their person was charging us $1,000 per month. And so we decided, well, since that other one wasn't working and we were paying $500 a month, then we must, if they're going to charge $1,000 a month, we must have to get more people to view our website and to have all these things. And he was saying all the right things and saying, oh, you have 800 broken links. Here's how we're going to fix that. And this is also what's wrong on your website. So let's do this. And he seemed very um knowledgeable over what was going on and then we did some research finally we said well what is seo actually i know that it's search engine optimization i know that it helps with your google ratings and how google finds you but what actually is it and should i be paying a thousand dollars per month and it turned out that i shouldn't be paying a thousand dollars per month and seo should be something that you do quarterly and maybe monthly, depending on your type of business and where you are, but based on our website and 
what we researched was we should have been paying quarterly. And so now we pay about $300 quarterly and they run reports, make sure all the links and backlinks and keywords and photos and everything is accurately tagged and accurate, accurately spelt and, and all of that. And we pay $300 quarterly and it seems to be doing just fine. And we actually know what is behind SEO versus just being in the dark and saying, well, sounds good enough to me. It sounds like they're knowledgeable instead of actually doing the research and actually saying, well, what is it? What does it entail? And really getting the why and the how behind it. I know that I see other companies and the CEO is older and they decide, hey, I want to start an Instagram account. And so they go hire some 20-year-old to do their Instagram. And they're like, well, I don't know how to do Instagram, but they must know how to do Instagram because they're young and they are savvy and all of that. And and yes, they might do Instagram for themselves and on a personal side, but do they know how to do Instagram from a business perspective? Probably not. And so unless they say that they are, but do the research, figure out how to do it so that when you go and look at how many followers you have or how many your engagement on social media or your audience or all of those little, you know, insights that they give you and actually know, do those make sense? And is that what I'm going for? Is that my goal for social media? But instead of just saying, well, I'm, I'm too old to know what that is and I'm going to go hire a 20 year old to do it. Well, that's not smart either. And so you can take it with anything. You can take it with SEO. You can take it with social media, marketing, sales, really anything. But if you don't know how to do it, there's no way that you know that you're hiring for the right person or right product or right company to do what you need them to do. Yeah, for sure. And there are so many tools and resources out there to help get you. I mean, you don't have to become an expert before you hire someone, but to get you you know, further along the way so you understand what you're looking for. I mean, there are blogs, there are webinars. Um, you know, your classes that you're offering, you know, there's so many great things. Go to YouTube and search, how do you do SEO or how do I, you know, YouTube is the king and queens of the how to's. They will tell you everything you need to know. Right. And, and it's, it's also, there are so many other business owners who have, you know, tackled similar things. Being part of like organizations like NACE is really helpful because you can ask other people who understand your specific business, which I'm always such a big believer in making sure that you're using tools and you're working with people who understand your specific business needs. Cause every business is different. Like you said, if you're working with people who don't understand why a wedding dress industry is different than an event rental industry, you know, it's understandable because they don't know, but if you're in the industry, obviously you're, you laugh at that. So um, it's important to make sure you talk to other people who are, similar and a similar boat. Um, you know, things like you said with the florals, like people who understand that, Hey, I've got a couple parts to my businesses. What's a tool that would work for me. How do I tackle SEO from that perspective? Those are all unique challenges. And so while I like to joke that everyone thinks they're so unique and they're not, everyone is a little bit unique because you just have to find other similarly unique businesses. Right. Right. And asking, I like that you said, not only just researching yourself, but asking communities around you as well, what they think. If you see a really, really great company that's similar to you, just ask. Maybe ask them how they got to where they're at or who they use. And maybe they'll be closed off, but maybe they'll share that information. And so asking 
the worst you can hear is a no. But get into some communities. I know here in DFW, we have a Facebook group called DFW Industry Friends. And it's oftentimes where people go on there and say, hey, anyone who um, has a company of this size and this many things and, you know, so what and so what. And I'm looking for an SEO person who can give me some recommendations. And so just reaching out to communities and reaching out to people. You can go on Instagram and go look for other companies or or whatever you need, but have some sort of a community. Well, and you can look for tools. You know, you don't always need a hire for a person for everything. You know, there are SEO tools. We use Moz, if people, M-O-Z. Um, they're a great tool. And so oftentimes the software tool is cheaper than, you know, hiring a person. And it'll, you know, automatically detect things. Now, if you then want to hire a consultant or, a, you know, someone who's writing some of the blog content for you, you can outsource those things. But it's going to be cheaper rather than having... Uh, you know, person who's you're hiring on a retainer to do all these different things to just have someone who's contracted at a, you know, per blog post cost or someone who just comes in and helps you analyze the data once a month or whatever it may be, you know, it's still being a little bit strategic to have that technology help you. Again, I just think that that's one of the, you know, people think about spending money on technology and that's the reason that technology companies are growing and booming is because it, it saves you money. You know, they wouldn't be doing well if you spend money and there isn't a value add. So I always think, you know, think through how technology can save you some money. Um, and that's just one way is if you use a tool that does a lot of the work for you, then you can, even if you do want to hire someone to help with it, you can hire them for less time because you're handing, you know, chances are if you're paying for just a general consultant, they are, charging you for the tools they're using and they're, you know, charging you extra for all that time explaining those things to you that, like you said, you can, you know, level up your knowledge on first. Right. Well, I love that. This has been an incredible conversation around technology and, and all the things. And so before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to share with our audience or um, help unplug something um, that might be a stumbling block for us companies or? I think there are some really basic ways uh, to find some of the knowledge you need. You know, when we host webinars about some of these different things, we always post them on our social media. So definitely follow us on Instagram at Good Shuffle. You mentioned, obviously, you can look things up on YouTube and things like that. I think sometimes people, again, coming back to the time thing, don't really know where to start. So a basic way to start would be following other similar companies on Instagram, following software companies in your industry like us on Instagram, you know, what a basic, easy first step to sort of then see what education is out there. You know, there's a lot of different tools you can use to, to find other tools. And so, uh, yeah, I just think that a lot of times it's as basic as taking that first step um, and seeing where that kind of thing leads you. Well, thank you so much, Karen, for sharing with us today. And uh, really telling us some of the preconceived things that we think about SEO and um, IX and, you know, all those terms that you threw out earlier as well. So thank you so much. And um, if you are a rental company looking for a software, I can tell you from experience that Good Shuffle Pro is my favorite and is an incredible tool with their team and the software that they actually have as well. Thanks, Karen. All right, if you're like me, you may have taken some notes during this episode. Thank you again, Karen, for 
recording with me about all of these terms in the technology world. Man, I feel like I know so much more now. Next week, we are going to be talking about emotional resilience as the leader of your company. And I'm going to be teaching you a little bit more about how I stay emotionally resilient, especially in changing times. So I can't wait to see you right here on the Render Podcast next week on Apple and Spotify. 